Hey, this is Chad Brown. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com. Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan presents Chad and Nate. Good morning, Matt Smith and James Merrillat in for Chad and Nate this morning. Boy, I'm excited for this one, James. How you doing this morning, buddy? I am doing great. Looking forward to it as well. Uh, you know, a lot of things to discuss. I uh, I tuned in yesterday. I'm listening to uh, you and Dan Jacobs. And, uh, you know, mm. you guys were having a little fun at my expense, which is always fine. <laughs> never. So I would I can, never do uh, that to you. Never, James. <laughs> so I can maybe set the record straight a little bit today. It should be, uh, should be a ton of fun. Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Yesterday was a big day as NHL free agency got underway. The Avalanche had a ton of business to get accomplished, and Joe Sackick and Chris McFarland were able to get a lot of it accomplished, James. Before we get into the moves they made, since you and I haven't had a chance to talk about it, do you have any thoughts on Sackick being promoted to president and McFarland to GM? Well, I, I think it's twofold. I think, one, it's the reward for job well done by both guys, right? You get a promotion, and I'm sure there's a pay increase that goes with it and a you know different title. And when you win the Stanley Cup and the team you put together wins the Stanley Cup, that's what comes with it. I also feel like it's sort of setting the stage for the turning of the page, right? Like, Joe's not going to do this forever, and you start to, you know, kind of put the succession plan in place here. So I'm not, you know, saying he's going to be gone anytime soon, but I do kind of uh, see it as the the handwriting is on the wall that at some point Joe Sackick's going to uh, going to turn things over, and this is one of the necessary steps to, to have it all in place for that. Yeah, and who could blame him, right? I mean, look, this guy had accomplished everything you could as a player, and now as a general manager, he achieved the ultimate goal. So if that were the plan, James, I couldn't blame him. I'd certainly understand. When, you, when you're talking about elite athletes like that, that constantly push themselves to get better, you're always looking for another goal, right? And when you accomplish the ultimate one as a general manager, it would make sense to me if at some point in the future, Joe said, you know what, I've, I've really done everything I possibly could could in the world of hockey, short of maybe becoming the next commissioner, right? So right. I'm going to go play golf. I'm going to head out to the sanctuary and enjoy my retirement. Well, and, you know, look at the John Elway as an example, right? Like, imagine how people would feel differently about him in this town had he rode off into the sunset after Super Bowl 50. If, yeah. if it would have been, you know, a tremendous player. He retired after back-to-back Super Bowl titles. Then he comes back and, and gets this team back on track after the Josh McDaniels debacle. He gets Peyton Manning here, put together this amazing defense. They win the Super Bowl, and then he, you know, heads off to Coeur d'Alene to go hang out on his boat. That would have been a great ending. Instead, there's five straight losing seasons, the worst stretch since they've uh, since the franchise moved into the NFL from the AFL. And, you know, once time passes, you know, five, ten years from now, people look back and they'll think fondly of the John Elway era as an executive but right now they don't and so it's kind of one of those things of you know joe's at the point where it'll be difficult to maintain this level of um excellence and i think he's seeing that free agency right now right like it's impossible to keep the band together so you know there really is nowhere to go but down not to be a not to be a bummer or anything but that's just a reality of things so uh, I, I think riding it out with this team, you know, I think they're good enough to to compete for you know a few years now uh, moving forward. But um, at some point, I think you want to get out of there while the getting's good. 
Yeah, I don't disagree with you. And we know they've got a window, right, especially after the moves they've made yesterday. And let's get into those a little bit. Obviously, going back to the quote-unquote start of this, you know, re-signing period or their off-season, which was a weekend after the parade, the poor guys over there, man. I mean, you just, you're barely barely not hung over anymore, and you're already back to work (laughs) re-signing and get ready for the next season, James. They they re-signed Andrew Cogliano, one year, 1.25 million. They brought back Nachushkin, eight years, 6.1 million. Lekkinen, four, uh, excuse me, five years, four and a half million. Manson, four years, four and a half. When I look at the moves they made, James, they really accomplished what I was anticipating them to this offseason. Now, obviously, Nazem Kadri remains a, an unrestricted free agent without a contract, and he is fielding calls right now. And apparently, the Avalanche are still, you know, uh, have told Naz's agent to keep them apprised that if anything were to happen, they would have first right of refusal to possibly match an offer. What are your overall thoughts, James, on what Sackick and McFarland have accomplished here in the last few days? I'm less bullish on it than you. I, I would give him oh, a C. Oh, okay. I would give him a oh, C. Oh, wow. And, you know, I, I think to some extent that was about as good as they were going to be able to do because when you win the cup, everybody wants to raid your roster and tap into the mojo and they're going to overpay some guys and, you know, you can't match all of those. But I, I think, you know, Nazem Kadri is a, was a huge piece of this team. And if you don't re-sign Kadri, well, you got to replace him. And at this point, they don't have that answer. So uh, I, I think that's a miss. I think while long-term, they're probably better in net or have a chance to be better in net. I do think, you know, they, they've taken a, a minor step backward there. And then the big goal, the number one uh, thing to accomplish this offseason was redoing Nathan McKinnon's deal. And that hasn't been done yet. So, uh, sure. you know, when you haven't accomplished your number one goal – well, then you, I don't think you can have a very good grade when you haven't replaced uh, or or brought back one of your key players, and when you took a, a minor step backward. And you you know you could probably argue with me and, and convince me that that they didn't, but you know Darcy Kemper is a more experienced guy in that. Sure. Um, and I think so. Short term, it's probably a step backward. I think you you add those three things together. And I think it's about a C. Now, I'm not going to, you know, go all DMAC and give him an F because, you know, they, they, George Payton didn't draft didn't a quarterback. Take the quarterback yeah. But, <laughs> but I do think that those are some, some glaring uh, things that are, that are misses. And, you know, if they can get the McKinnon deal redone, they're, they're probably a B. And then you hope somebody steps up and fills the void that, that's left by, by Kadri. But I think if we act like that's not a huge loss and no plan in place to, to, to replace him, then I think we're uh, I think we're fooling ourselves a little bit. Yeah, I agree with you. I do. I I think it is a big loss. I don't think it's a C. I, I'll give them a little bit more credit than that. But that that is a significant loss, James, because we saw last year when he got suspended against Vegas how much they missed him. Yeah. And when he came back against Tampa in the Cup final, we also saw how much they missed him. And so when I look at when I look at uh, Kadri, they have a hole to replace the second line center. But when you look at it in terms of what is actually realistic here, I think it does make sense because you want to do the best you can to retain most of the guys that you can, right? You Bringing back Val is really important because Val is a guy who can play on either one of the first two lines and he can do a lot of different things and does have that defensive edge that you want in a forward like Val. 
when you look at Lekkonen, Lekkonen's a guy who gets to the greasy areas, the valuable areas, the areas that win in the playoffs, getting in front of the net, winning puck battles on the boards. Those two guys in particular, in my opinion, the reason why, when when Sackick and McFarland were looking at this group and said, all right, who do we prioritize here? We've got, you know, just, uh, what was it, about $22 million in cap space when the offseason began. And they sat there and they looked at it and they said, look, if we could have two of the three, who are we picking? And I think they realized that in order to get Nachushkin and Lekkonen, not only were they going to have to not make a competitive offer to Kadri, but they probably wouldn't even get in the ballpark because Manson, you could argue, James, was just as important. Now, when you look at Kadri's production this year. He more than doubled his career numbers by a landslide. And when you're talking about building a team with this kind of core into the future, you do have to find a way to extend it. James, I always go back to the Cubs, right? Like the Cubs brought in John Lester as an arm, and then they had all that young talent that they brought up. But Lester, they needed a big pitcher, right? But you knew that you were only going to get maybe a year or two out of a guy like that. And for Kadri, you look at him, he's going to be 32 this season. James, if you pay him over the next five years... I mean, you're paying him well into his 37-year-old season. Yeah, but you're, you're, not, you're not worried about his 37-year-old season. You're worried about the next two or three years when you're in your championship window and you have to do everything you can to win while you're in that sure. and worry about the future later, right? Like, yeah. you, you know, you'd like, to do, you'd like to do both. It's the old John Elway saying of, hey, we want to win now, we want to win from now on. I get that. But they're, like, you could not be more in the championship window than they are now. So I'm worried about, hey, what's the, what gives them the best chance to repeat? What gives them yeah. the best chance to win three straight and become the first team in four decades to accomplish that? And I don't think they're as in, in near as good a position now to do that as they could have been had they done things differently in free agency. And I just think, okay. you know, listen, you're, you're applying reality to it. So I understand right. what, you're, what you're saying of you can't right. resign everybody, and I, and I get that. But it's also grading them a bit on a curve. To, to me, to give them any, anything more than a C, because they did take steps backward. Now, they maybe were unavoidable, but uh, I, I think sometimes a, a, a mediocre grade is, uh, it, while it's the best they could have done, it's also the, uh, the, the fair assessment. I just don't, I don't think they're in near as good a position to try and repeat next year as they could have been. And, and to me, that's all, that's, that's, that's all that matters. That's the number one goal. All right, well, let's unpack that a little bit because I definitely want to want to kind of just explore explore some of the options and maybe what you think they should have done in free agency. We'll do that next. It's Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. It's Chad and Nate on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Matt Smith and James Merillat. In for Chad and Nate this morning on Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan. James, before break, we were talking about some of these avalanche offseason moves, and I believe that Sackick and McFarland have done a really, really nice job. But, you know, and it's not to say that you don't necessarily think that they've done a good job as well, but you're grading their offseason moves so far to see. Yeah, I think that it's a team that uh, is not as well positioned to defend their cup as uh, at this point, now they may not be done, although they have, what, like $4 million in cap space roughly, so they yeah. can't do a ton. Um, I, I don't think they're in as good a position to defend the, their title as, uh, as I would have hoped. I, I think that 
you know, they, they chose Nachushkin, Lekkonen, they chose to go that direction. I view those two guys as good players, but I think they benefited greatly. Everybody benefited from it, but I think they benefited greatly from playing with great players, playing with Nathan McKinnon and Gabe Landisgog and, you know, right. Miko Rantanen and guys like that. Whereas Nazem Kadri is somebody who has shown, you know what, he can be a really good player anywhere. He was a really good player in Toronto. He was a great player here. And I think he's more of a proven commodity. I think someone who who shines when they're they're on the when when they're playing on a great roster is important. But I think those are those kind of guys are eminently replaceable. I think there are a lot of guys they probably could have gone out and brought in, and they would have risen their game to that level, right? Like Lekkonen did that this year. He was a guy they picked up at the trade deadline, came in, played at a high level. Well, that was because who he was around. I just think those kind of guys, um, while important, are replaceable. I think Kadri is much, much more difficult to replace, and I think he's a heart and soul kind of guy. I think you have to have a player like that on your roster that kind of you know, pushes the buttons, uh, crosses the line every once in a while, be a little bit of an agitator, especially when you're a team that is built like the Avs, which are, you know, hey, they, they want to go beat people. They can give up six goals to Edmonton and still win, right? Like, right. <laughs> that's how they're built. So yeah. I, I think that having somebody who can fill that kind of you know, dirty work role is important. So it doesn't mean they can't win it. They still have, you know, Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon and their best players. But uh, I, I think that they didn't quite do what they should have done. I would have gone in a different order. I would have prioritized Kadri over Nachushkin. That's just me. Okay. So if you would have prioritized Kadri over Nachushkin, then who are your other priorities? You mentioned Kemper earlier, right? They also let Kemper walk. So would you have prioritized those two guys over Nachushkin and Lekkonen? No, no, I, I would have. It would have been Kadri and Nachushkin for me if if you could have got both of those done. I think they made the right decision with Kemper. Now I do think short term they took a step backward, and it it could be you know we could get a weekend of the season and be like, hey, no, they didn't. They they're much better. I mean, you, when you get a young goaltender who you know spent most of his time sitting behind Shesterkin, you don't necessarily. I don't necessarily know exactly what they got. I think we'll we'll figure right. it out. But I think that was a smart way to go because. They're not built to win based on goaltending. They're just not. And, right. you know, people took it as a knock when I said, hey, you know, they built a $2 million house and put in linoleum floors. Well, you have oh, to that go. that wasn't a knock, Jim? No. <laughs> okay, you have to okay, go okay. cheap at some place, right? You can't. Okay. It's a salary cap sport. You can't overspend at every position. Now, it's a, right. it's a unique way to go, right, so, to try to win uh, <laughs> with the 20th highest paid goaltender in the, in the sport. That doesn't sure. normally happen. I think a yeah. year ago it was the the two goaltenders in the in the Cup final for Montreal and for Tampa were first and third in terms of salary. So like that's typically how it goes. The Avs went a different direction, but they, they they got away with it, which again is not a negative. But they got away with it because they're so good in front of Darcy Kemper. Right. Okay, well that's fine. You can get away with it with another mediocre, uh, semi cheap goaltender as long as you remain as good in front of him. And I don't know that they are if they don't find a way to get Nazem Kadri back. I, I, in fact, no, I do know they are. They're not. They're not as good in front of uh, the, the in front of the goaltender now if they don't have Kadri. And I think that could uh, I think that could come back to bite him. Yeah. Look, I mean, if you would assign Naz, you only get probably Kadri and Nachushkin and Lekkinen. You know what I mean? Like you only get Kadri and one of either Nachushkin, Lekkinen, or Manson. You probably don't get. To, you, you definitely don't get three of the four just because of Kadri's deal. And the, the other trend we're seeing here, James, is that higher salaries per the salary cap are now expanding faster than the salary cap are. So you're seeing this 
this talent that's getting paid at a high level that's not sustainable within the salary cap right now in the NHL. It's kind of what the NBA had going on, and then it just went to a whole different level, right, where you've got all these max contracts and huge numbers, but you have a salary cap that can support it. In the NHL, you don't right now. And so you're seeing a lot of teams look at players and say, look, we can't afford to give this guy $9 million because with the hard salary cap, you cannot be a dollar above it. You don't have a choice. And so when I look at the Avalanche, I say, look, you could have had Kadri and Nachushkin, or you could have had Nachushkin, Lekkanen, and Manson. Well, who's easier to replace if you have three of the four? Yeah, it's tough to argue that it would be Kadri, right? Because we've seen that the center position in the NHL, quite frankly, James, based upon the free agent market, there weren't good options. So you're absolutely right. That's a glaring hole. Now, the comments McFarland made in his press conference yesterday that I thought were interesting is he said, look, we got a lot done, but we also feel like we have internal options. And I think when you look at Comfer and Newhook, I'm not sure how McFarland can confidently say that, James. So I agree with you that I think that if you're looking at this roster as currently constructed, is it better than last year? It's not. Like, that, that's not even a question. However, however, you do have flexibility to potentially make that kind of a move at the trade deadline. Now, people have been asking me over the last, I don't know, 12 hours or so since we've gotten most of the big news, well, you know, where's their hole? Could they replace it? Could Newhook be second-line center? Could Comfort be second-line center? And I said, hold on now, because we do know that they're still in talks with Kadri. So the, the door isn't completely closed on Kadri, James. What they would have to do is move out money to get a guy like that, right? Whether that's Gerard, whether that's figuring out something with uh, Eric Johnson maybe restructuring his deal. I think that's a, a very low on the list of potential possibilities. But when I look at it, James, I say, all right, you've got some flexibility here. And we know that once the free agent market dries up, the trade market starts to open up a little bit. And McFarland said one thing in the press conference that I think was a little telling. He said that we're always going to try and get better, whether it's two hours from now or two months from now, and we'll explore things in the trade market. So I think that they do recognize, James, that there is a hole at second line center. And I think there's a reason they want Cod to call them for first right of refusal before he takes a deal with any other team. That's because the Avalanche do know that there is a hole at second line center, and they did talk about it yesterday. So while while I understand where you're coming from, I'm not closing the book on it yet because, A, Nachushkin and Lekkinen, you could not have found good replacements at that value on the free agent market based upon the numbers that we saw yesterday. Those guys just didn't exist. Guys who play 200 foot, you know, the 200 foot game, play both ends of the ice, and are defensive forwards. You're talking about not being as good in front of, you know, their goaltender without Nachushkin and Lekkinen. I, I mean, that that's a significant loss, and so we saw that they can make do without one guy for a little while. Now they have to figure out if they want to be able to make do until the trade deadline or if they're going to go make a move in the next few days. James, if I had to bet, I would guess that before the start of training camp, there is another center on the roster, and it might even be Nazem Kadri. Well, and, and if that's the case, then I, you know, I... I, I'm, I'm going to uh, withhold the right to change my grade, right? Like, I, I think if yeah, they make yeah, another course. move or two, then the grade can certainly improve. I guess the argument I would make in terms of Manson and Lekkonen is yeah. I think they're eminently replaceable because they were two guys that they got via trade, right? Like, So those kind of players become available at the trade deadline. They just were available at the trade deadline. And the other part of it is, 
Without those two guys, do they win the cup? I don't know, but at the time of the trades, they were the best team in hockey. So with Nazem Kadri and without those two, they you know were rolling right along. So uh, I, I just think that they they should have tried to keep the the core completely intact. And to me, Kadri is one of those core guys. Whereas Manson and Lekkonen are the type of players you can acquire at the trade deadline because they proved that this year. That that to me is why but, it's, a, it's a bit of a miss. To be fair, James, they were acquired from teams that had no chance of making the playoffs and weren't valuable to them. That's but why there will be those teams again this year. There will be right, right. Those but those guys year. won't be there. But those guys won't be there. Well, there'll be, that, those there'll be this year's guys. version of it, right? Like sure. it, it's not as though this year was some sort of aberration where. There were right. great players on teams that just happened to have no shot at the postseason. The, the, we don't know who it's going to be. We don't know what teams and what players, but it will happen. There will be some some players available. And, again, we've seen the recipe that they can be a great team with Nazem Kadri and without Manson and Lekkonen, but we haven't seen the recipe that they can be a great team without Kadri and those two guys. Doesn't mean it can happen, but... I just like to go with the uh, I like to go with the thing I've seen versus the thing I'm I'm, I'm just forecasting. All right, well, well, let's circle back on it because I definitely have a few responses to it. And I kind of I, I want the opportunity, James, to persuade you. That's what I want. I want the opportunity to change your mind. Will you allow me that opportunity? I'm always open minded. I think, you know, I think people <laughs> I know that about to change you. their opinions, despite the fact that new evidence is presented to them are silly. And Nazem Kadri is a prime <laughs> example. I was not a guy who was a fan of that move. And now I'm mad that they didn't bring him back. So, see, I can do a 180. You, you, you got a I shot at turning me here. All right, I love it. And I'll stay open-minded too, James. I'll stay like open-minded that they missed the ball. Uh, but first, before we get to any of that, how did the Rockies fare yesterday? Well, here's Ryan Spielborgs to fill us in. You're listening to Chad and Nate on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Matt Smith and James Merrillat today in for Chad and Nate. James, one thing, and, and we're certainly going to get back to our Nazem Kadri discussion because there's a ton to get to, and we have an update. So we'll get to that here coming up uh, in a little bit. But one thing that I've been thinking about, James, as we prepare for this NFL season is just how the landscape of the league has changed, you know, with so many different players moving around. And, and I feel like we do have a different dynamic in the league. While some of the faces and the teams may still be the same, James, I, Tell me if I'm wrong here, but I think there's a chance this year we have more legitimate Super Bowl contenders than we've seen in a while. Yeah, but I think that – no, I think you're right. I think that's because there's there's probably not a, a great team that you just look at and say, yeah, they're for sure um, – Right. They're, they're for sh- we'd be shocked if they didn't get to the Super Bowl, right? Like the Chiefs had yeah. been that for a couple of years with Patrick Mahomes. Where it's like, man, if they don't go, something, something went drastically wrong or – you know, the, the Patriots for years, like, uh, everybody's got to get over that hump. There really isn't that team. Like, I think Buffalo's the best team in the league, and they haven't been to a Super Bowl with, with Josh Allen. So uh, I think sure. it is kind of set up to where, you know, there's probably more eights, and there aren't a lot of nines and tens. And I think that sets up for uh, one for a for a fun season, and I think it gives a, a hope to a lot of a lot of cities and a lot of franchises, including the Broncos, because I think they're squarely in that group. Oh, I couldn't agree with you anymore, and I want to do this little fun exercise with you. I kind of want to go through the teams in the league and and figure out who we think could be contenders and who we think are pretenders. And here's how we're going to do this, James. We're going to go through every team, and if you and I are split on a team, we're going to put them in the maybe. Does that sound good? Okay, so I have to say yes or no. 
You have to say yes or no. Okay. Have to say yes or no. And if okay. you want to say you, maybe, you, you can say maybe. Are you tracking this or do I have to write yeah. it down? No, no, I'm, I'm writing it down. I got I got my list. I got <laughs> okay. my list. All right. Okay? And if you can't say maybe, you can't say maybe, and we'll put them in the maybes, all right? Okay. No, no, I'll go yes or no. I'm, I'm fine with that. Okay. I'm fine with that. All right. All right. And if we split, they go in the maybe. And, uh, we'll start in the NFC West because, of course, that's where the reigning champion is from. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals. No. No. They showed no. that last year. They're They're a fraud. I actually completely agree with you, so I'm putting AZ in the no, and I am also very curious to see what kind of attitude Kyler Murray shows up to training camp with, yeah, as, no as we've seen, he's had a very interesting offseason. Um, moving on, Rams. Yeah, I mean, defending champs, they, you know, they lost some guys, but uh, yeah, no, I would put them squarely in the yes. Seattle's a no. I think no. we both agree on yeah, that. It doesn't matter Sa- how good San Francisco. How well plays. <laughs> James Barrelon, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, San Francisco. Yes. Oh, I'm going to say no, so we'll put them in the maybe, okay? Okay, and look, they're a mystery because of quarterback situation, but I just sure. have that much faith in Kyle Shanahan. I understand, no problem. But if we do split, they go in the maybe. Okay. Works for me, too. Uh, Atlanta. Nope. No. Yeah, Marcus Mariota going to get that done? Uh, Carolina. Nope. No. Uh, New Orleans. Nope. No boy, you talk about an NFC South that, that is, is a weak terrible weak. division. God, is it uh, is it ever Tampa Bay? Yeah, yeah. For one, they're going to so, have six free wins. I mean, they play in that division, so they they're already right. six and zero. Oh. And right. yeah, you have Tom Brady. You're always a yes when Tom Brady's your quarterback. Always. Agre- Agreed. I will say, though, I do think that they're going to have a down year this year. I think there's some big pieces that they did not bring back. Obviously, Chris Godwin to Philly. They didn't bring back Pierre Paul or Ndamukong Sue. So I actually think that's why Gronkowski did not come back this season is because they're not, in his eyes, nearly as talented as they were last year. Just a personal take on Tampa there. Uh, NFC North, Chicago and Detroit. I'm going to save us the time there, James. <laughs> yeah, those are uh, Yeah, those are no's. Uh, Green Bay. Uh, yeah, I-, I wouldn't, you know. Put down any hard kind of in a Tampa it, situation, huh? Yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers, right? So sure, they, right. They both, as, okay. as long as twelve's playing, they got a shot. Minnesota, no, no. Although I like, mm, I, I like say no to. a lot. I like that higher. Uh, I just don't trust Kirk Cousins one bit. No. Yeah, every time they play a big game, James, it's like, wait, wait, when did this team become the Washington Commanders? <laughs> like, right. like, what's going on here? Right. Um, there, there's NFC, a reason he had that, like, 0-9 or whatever on Monday Night Football. It's like, oh, a big stage against a good opponent? That's a loss. Right, yeah, and I do think that Minnesota could be this, uh, a surprise team this year. I've heard that from a lot of people. I just, until I see it, James, I've seen way too much evidence to the contrary, just like you're saying. Yep. Moving on to the moving on to the NFC East, Dallas. Yeah, and and I know that sounds funny because they find a way to blow it every year, but they're a good team. They got a ton of talent. Dak Prescott is a really good quarterback. Uh, yeah, I, th- th- are they going to win it? No, but do they have a chance? Are they a contender? Absolutely. Okay, Philly. No. I'm putting Philly in the maybe because I think Philly, if things go right. I think they've got a good football team. You have to remember now, they added a bunch of pieces defensively and offensively. They added Godwin and A.J. Brown. So that should be a much better team. And I'm Jaylen just, for now. still their quarterback. I understand. I'm putting them in, I'm putting them in the maybe. We can disagree. If you played Vic Fangio every, every week, he'd be a Hall of Famer. Giants. No. Washington. No. So how many yeses did I have in the entire NFC? Three? Four? We've got, we've got, we've got four in the NFC okay, that's combined a in our list. That's a bad yeah, it's conference. Not, 
It is. It really is. We've got Rams, Tampa, Green Bay, and the Cowboys. In our maybes, we have San Fran and Philly. Okay, which I think, I mean, if you really look at it, James, that's probably it's it's that's what is that? But, you know, division winners in the wild cards, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's actually right. not too bad. That's about yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Uh, AFC, we'll start with the AFC East. Buffalo. Absolutely. Best team in the league. Absolutely. Absolutely. Miami. No. No, I agree with you. I I just can't believe Tyree, it. Tyreek Hill Lola. does change their dynamic because he, yeah. I mean, he scares defenses. We saw that against Buffalo in the playoffs. That's the prime example, but... I don't. I don't think that's enough. So no. But but they wouldn't shock me. Like if Tua all of a sudden blossomed because he's got arguably the best weapon in the league, it wouldn't shock me. But I'm going to go no. Yeah, I agree with you there. They're in the same category as a Minnesota to me personally, James. Uh, New England. No. New England. No. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. I, uh, I, Jets. I think Mac Jones has peaked already. He peaked in year one. I'm I'm well aware of how you feel about Mac, <laughs> Mac Jones. Uh, the Jets is a no. no. Houston is a no. Indy. Yeah, I like Indy. And I know some people are down on Matt Ryan, but he's been to a Super Bowl. Uh, I do think, and I'm a Carson Wentz guy. I think Carson Wentz is a pretty good player, but that, he's the reason they didn't make the playoffs last year. They had the most pro bowlers in the league. They have the best running back in the league. They're a yes. You're also a Drew Locke guy. What does that tell us? Moving yeah, on, no Jacksonville. Doubt. Yeah, Jacksonville is a no. no. Uh, Tennessee. No. I don't buy yeah, I agree with you. I just Yeah, don't, I agree I with you. And it. I think they lost too much. I think they lost too much. I mean, they didn't replace A.J. Brown or Julio. I don't know who's going to catch a pass for them this Last year. Last year was their opportunity as the one seed, and they blew it at home against Cincinnati. Couldn't agree anymore. AFC North, Baltimore. Mm, no. I mean, I, you know, they're always that team. John Harbaugh is a great coach. So, But if I'm going to say no on a Bill Belichick team, I'm going to say no on a John Harbaugh team. So, no. I'm going to throw them in the maybe, all right? Okay, that, that's um, fair. Yeah, Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to – I think they're going to take a step backward, but they went last year, and they still have the same head coach, still have the same quarterback, and most of the same players. So, yeah, they're certainly a contender. Yeah, I agree. I agree Save with your you. money, I but they're, a, they're certainly a contender. Yeah, I think there's a case you could put them in the maybe, but I'm going to keep them in the yes. Uh, Cleveland is clearly a no. Uh, nope. Pittsburgh is also a no. Correct. Um and we've got the AFC West, James. So we've got the Rams, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, Dallas, Buffalo, Indianapolis, Cincinnati. And in our maybes, we have San Francisco, Philly, and Baltimore. On the other side, I want to do the AFC West. And Sports Illustrated also released their list of contenders. I want to contrast and compare theirs to ours and see who got it right, James. We'll do that next on Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan. Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan presents Chad and Nate. Smith and James Merillat in for Chad and Nate this morning. James, as we were going through our list of contenders and pretenders there, I think I, I my brain short-circuited there as I thought Godwin had gone to Philly, Chris Godwin from Tampa, but he ended up not testing free agency. As you know, we've had our head buried in the sand here for hockey season, and some of these uh, free agent moves from a few months back, they, they can slip. So, uh, you know, we got to correct that, James. We definitely do. So we're taking Philly out of our maybes, James. Okay. We're take so, him yeah, out of our maybes. That's fair. 
and you know you're, you're forgiven if you uh, don't remember uh, the moves that Tampa and Philly made back in March. That's, that's forgivable. That's forgivable. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're taking that out. I mean, look, I, we we made it through almost the entire league, and I only screwed up one time. So not that's got to count for something, right? I mean, that's not bad. If in baseball, that's a pretty darn good hitting percentage. Is yeah, all you I were twenty-seven say. out of twenty-eight. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, James. That's yeah. pretty good. Uh, so before to recap here, we're coming up with our list of contenders because I believe that there's a lot of parity in the NFL this year. And I think you so astutely pointed out there may not be a team who is a bona fide 10 right away at the beginning of the season. But there's a lot of eights, right? There's a yeah. lot of pe- there's a lot of teams that if things break the right way, we could see that for them. Yeah, and you know, as we went through it, and we still have the AFC West to, to go. So we've done 28 of the 32 teams. There are less contenders than I would have guessed up to this point. And, and I don't even know if the, many of them are eights. Like, I had San Francisco and Dallas as, as yeses, but they're probably sevens. Like, they're not they're not great teams. I mean, you know, I could sure. see both of those teams unraveling. Could it be a disaster in San Francisco if they try to go with Trey Lance and he's not ready? Sure. Could Dallas, uh, you know, the, that, that team is just always teetering on, uh, imploding just based on the drama that comes with a, a Jerry Jones team. So, um, right. and, you know, Mike McCarthy's a guy who has presided over some disasters before. So if you can lose with Aaron Rodgers, you can lose with Dak Prescott. I guess I'll put it that way. So there <laughs> yeah. are less eights than I thought, um, but our list of contenders is about to grow. That's for sure. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And, and to quick note on Dallas, I think last year was actually their best chance at it. Obviously, they lost Amari Cooper, so I think they'll be a little bit down this year. But as we can tell, the rest of the NFC is down this year as well, James. Okay, so let's go to our final division, and that is, of course, the AFC West. Let's start with the class of the division, and that is Kansas City. James, are they a contender or a pretender? Oh, they're a contender, without a doubt. I mean, I don't think they're as scary Without Tyreek Hill, I think that's a huge loss. But they still have Patrick Mahomes. He's still a great quarterback. They still have a ton of talent. He's one of those guys. He's one of those quarterbacks that makes average receivers um, look look really good, and he makes a a unique talent like Tyreek Hill uh, (laughs) look amazing. So they'll find a way to 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 continue to put up points. They just won't be as explosive. But yeah, they're they're certainly a legit contender. So here are the two teams that I think you and I are going to split the most on, the Chargers. Yeah, you know, everybody keeps telling me they're yes. I'm going to say no. I, I, okay. I, I, want to, I want to see it. And, you know, Justin Herbert's an extremely talented guy. If he was in Denver, I'd be thrilled because I think he's going to be a good quarterback for a long time. But, you know, that, that game that they had against the, the Raiders last year, that, the, hey, the winner, or if they would have tied, they, they both could have gone to the playoffs. And Justin Herbert was so good late in that game, converting all those fourth and tens. But he also was in fourth and ten all the time because he had 12 incompletions on one drive. Like, th- that has to be taken into account, too. So I think he's a little bit feast or famine still. And, uh, you know, I, I just think that there's, a, there's a, a hump that they need to get over and that he needs to get over and Brandon Staley needs to get over. So I like Herbert. I like Staley. But I'm going to believe it when I see it. So I'm going to go no. Right. And I'll say yes. So we're going to put them in the maybe. Okay. Um, Fair enough. Vegas. Vegas. Oh, boy. You know, I like Vegas more than I like the Chargers, believe it or not. But I probably am going to say no. 
they they belong in the maybe category. So if you're a no, then I'm going to say yes, just to put them in maybe. Yeah, okay, we're put them in the maybe. Let's just uh, okay. agree. We'll agree that I, one I, of Josh us said yes, the other is such a no. mystery to me. He he really yeah. is, and I know he's hated in this town, and I'm I'm with Broncos country on that. But he is a good football coach in terms of X's and O's, and if he's improved his people skills at all, which you would think he has in right. a dozen years, right. uh, th- that team could be pretty darn good. I mean, they went to the playoffs with Rich Bisaccia. Bisaccia, yeah, they definitely did. I was on with Nate the other day, and Nate was like, you think Joshy Boy can turn it around? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I, I actually I do. Think, I think I now think it is. Can. It's yeah, a good it's hire. Set- it really was a good hire. So, I, you know what, I'm going to put the Raiders in yes category, not just to make them maybe. I think they're a yes. All right, so I'll agree with you. We can put them. We can both put them in the yes because I'm a yes on them anyway. And if we're going to play by these rules, they're going in the yes. Okay. And then of course we get to the 32nd team, which would be the Denver Broncos. Are the Denver Broncos a contender or a pretender, James Marilat? They're a contender. They're a legit contender. I, I think when you have Russell Wilson, you move into that category. I think it's a Roster that, that, you know, two years ago I picked them to go 10 and 6, and it was because I liked their roster. I underestimated the Fangio effect. A year ago, you know, I, they went 7 and 10 with Vic Fangio as their head coach, Pat Shermer as their offensive coordinator, Tom McMahon running special teams, and Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke as their quarterbacks. I get it, there's a bit of an asterisk because four of those wins were the Jets, the Jags, the Giants, and the Lions, but they still went 7 and 10. You throw Russell Wilson in that in that mix. You give him a semi-competent coach, which I think Nathaniel Hackett will be more than that, but we don't know that. So, yes, they're squarely in the yes, they're a contender category. Much more so than the Chargers for you, James? Yeah, Russell Wilson's been to two Super Bowls, so I'm going to trust him more than Justin Herbert. Um, and that's I don't, I'm not knocking Herbert, but that was one of my problems with the ESPN rankings of top ten quarterbacks, that they had Herbert ahead of Russell Wilson. It's just like, well, maybe based on – projections, but as of right now, if you had to win a game on Sunday, had to win it, who are you taking, Russell Wilson or Justin Herbert? I think that's an easy decision. So, yeah, look, we had eight total votes in the AFC West. I haven't heard your Denver vote yet, but potentially we had seven yeses, and you could talk me into the Chargers. So to say that every team in the AFC West is a contender is not outside the, the, the realm of possibilities, and every other division had one. Every other division in football. So, it's not just the hey they're they're by far they're they're not just the best division in the league they're by far the best division in the league, and it's not even close. And you know, for me, when I look at the Denver Broncos, James, off the top of my head, I say no, but they are a potential contender. So no, I would put what? Them... Why are you why what? are you so negative? <laughs> why am I so negative? Why am I? So negative, he says. Um, no, James, I think that if you're going to make that, if you're going to make that comparison, that I think there, there's as many areas that they need to improve upon that the Chargers do, quite frankly. And and we know that the Chargers have a lot of pieces, right? It does Denver. So I, I'm not going to discount that at all. But when I look at the moves the Chargers made in the offseason compared to the moves the Broncos made in the offseason, I think the Broncos got themselves back in the conversation. I think what the Chargers did from being in the conversation was they actually said, okay, well, we're going to add J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack because our defense was so bad last season that we've got this kid who's throwing for over 4,000 yards and 35 touchdowns 
touch 35 40 touchdowns right he he's he's clearly going to be if he's not already he's going to be one of the one of the best quarterbacks in the league and we've seen from year 1 to year 2 he took a big jump there's no reason to think from year 2 to year 3 he wouldn't as well so that's just my rationale there James well, you but can talk to be honest the Chargers with you, is a yes but having the Broncos is a no is is preposterous no, oh no no I've got them I I've got them all as a yes I've got them okay. all as a yes okay. yeah you know I have them all as a yes so for me and and I'm glad you brought it up there are four teams in the AFC West that you and I and we can you know squabble here over you know did they add this or did they add this is he better is he better but truthfully James it wouldn't surprise either one of us if the Chargers or the Broncos ended up in the Super Bowl. No. It would certainly be a welcome sight, but it would you know for the Broncos to be there, but it wouldn't necessarily be overwhelmingly surprising, right, James? No, not by any means. I think any team in the AFC West, if they made the Super Bowl, I, I don't think it would be shocking. Now you can you know you got to rank them right, and and somebody's going to finish in last place in this division, and that wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if if any of them finished in last either, including the Chiefs. So. That's just how uh, even I, I think the division is. That's how good all these teams are. But, um, you know, it's a little bit like me saying, well, Nikola Jokic is the worst two-time MVP in NBA history. Somebody has to be at the bottom of that list, right? So <laughs> somebody has to be at the bottom of the AFC West. It could be any of them, including Denver. I mean, Denver could win it or they could finish in dead last. It, n- neither scenario would shock me. I do think they're a contender. I do think they're going to be really good, and I think – the the you know pump the brakes and be patient crowd I, I think is is missing the boat I, I I don't think I don't think patience is a virtue when it comes to this team I'm tired of being patient though no, that we know that we know James that's for sure so let's look over our list here we've got Rams Buccaneers Packers Cowboys Bills Colts Bengals Chiefs Raiders Broncos and for some reason, I let you put the Chargers in the maybe. So uh, let's look at Sports Illustrated's list here. For AFC, James, Buffalo, check. We both had them. Cincinnati, yeah. check. We both had them. Baltimore, they have in there. We we have Baltimore as a maybe uh, for us. Lamar Indy. Jackson's a great player. I, I just, you know, we've, yeah, seen I him, agree. we've seen him falter in the postseason too many times. But I they agree, have a really good head coach, and they have a dynamic quarterback. So, sure. I mean, they have... I could I could see it, but I just don't know if, if if that combo is built for postseason success. I agree. Although I will say I do think they'll have a better year than they had last season. I think it was a bit of a down year for them. But I think the existential question remains is that can you win a championship with Lamar Jackson at quarterback? I definitely think that's a question. So Sports Illustrated's got Baltimore, Indy, KC, the Chargers, Broncos, and Raiders. So they've We've got, got all, all four those. teams in the AFC West as well. Yeah. Yep, they've got all four. And, in fact, in the article, they said, yes, we know. We put the entire AFC West in. So, James, as we look back on their list and ours, the only place we differ is in Baltimore, right, which we have a maybe and they have a yes on. Sure, and and you could talk me into it because, again, they have a guy that on any given Sunday, I know it's a cliche, but on any given Sunday, Lamar Jackson can beat you by himself. No doubt. In the NFC, they have Dallas. We had Dallas. They've got Green Bay. So did we. They've got Tampa. So did we. And they've got the Rams. And so did we. James, we legitimately came up with the same exact list, except they added one, you know, sleeper wild card team. That wild card team, James, it was Philly. The Chris Godwin-less Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. <laughs> yeah, and look, there's you know, there's going to be somebody that makes the playoffs. They're like, oh, I didn't see that one coming. So could it be Philly? Sure. Plus, look at the division they're in, right? Like, 
I mean, I'd almost put Dallas as a contender by default because it's like, man, the Giants and, and the Commanders are not any good. If Dallas falters, Philly could win that division. That's a that's a that's a division where nine wins could win it. So uh, sure, Philly is a is a sleeper to make the playoffs. Yeah, to go to the Super Bowl, no way, <laughs> no way. Okay, all right. Well, I agree with you. I agree with you. Now that they don't have Chris Godwin, I definitely agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if they'd gotten Chris Godwin. Right. Though. I mean, that changes everything, James. <laughs> that changes everything. We've got an update on Nazem Kadri. We're going to give that out after the break, James, as well as maybe figure out which one of these teams in the know could possibly be in the yes by the end of the season. It's Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Hey, this is Nate Jackson. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com.